This is URN. Hello and welcome to Sticky Wicket, the only cricket podcast that thinks four right-arm medium-fast bowlers is the key to winning all over the world. Today we discuss <laughs> England's interesting performance so far in the Ashes and how they might fare in the final three must-win games. Uh, to talk about this and much, much more, uh, I'll be joined later by Archie and Josh. Uh, how for the moment? I'm joined by Dom. He's back. How are you, mate? I'm very good, thank you. I'm very good. Um... I've just recorded a podcast with Jack Napton, my first daytime podcast, and I feel different. I feel a changed man. I feel a changed man. I'm not sure when that's coming out. Um, Jack didn't say when, but um, it's for those who are in isolation at the moment. Um, I actually said on the podcast that you were in isolation. and like, So that's changed there, hasn't it, Tobes? It has. I've been, yeah, I've been in isolation for the past few days or so. Uh, I finally got out today. I uh, drove home yesterday from Nottingham after horrible, not horrible, but an ill, Ill time in uh, isolation. And now wasn't wasn't helped by the cricket, shall we say, um, which which didn't didn't go very well. What was your um, what were your thoughts on the game as a whole, Dom? Um, it just kept going from bad to worse. This is the game we I thought we had the best chance of winning. And we were blown out of the water day one. Our batting was shown up and bowling was shown up. We were pretty miserable from day one till day five. Um, there's no real positives to take from it. And for the first time ever, Root's come out and complained about his bowlers, which is interesting. Um, it sort of leads to the question, is Root going to be captain next year? Mm-hmm. It, it's just miserable. And I was actually... Quite, just when we recorded our live show and I genuinely thought we could do something here and within the first hour of the first test first uh, I realized, the first test yeah it was it just it's it's just not going to be one of those years and we are stuck in mediocrity to pretty awful cricket and it's not really enjoyable to watch or wake up to Toby how have you found waking up to these or have you been staying up no, waking up to them. I've sort of caught the last half an hour or so of most of the day's play. Um, and then it wasn't wasn't too enjoyable waking up and seeing. I think after the first day, the Aussies were battering us. I think Labashane was in with Smith. I think Labashane was on 95, Smith was on 20 or something. Then mm. the next day, England were um, a couple down, I think, going into the close. And then we were all out the next time, having collapsed massively, and they were starting to put on a bit of a partnership, 40-odd for one. And then we basically lost it already by that time, which is a bit of a shame. Um, so we'll go sort of a little bit day by day, innings by innings. Uh, Aussies managed to pile on a massive 473 for nine declared. Yet again, England unable to bowl bowl them all out. That uh, They've only managed once out of four times so far. Uh, Warner, 95. Smith, 93. 100 from Marnus Lavashane. Uh, 50 from Alex Carey and a couple 30s from Stark and Nisa down the order. Do you think, uh, I mean, the pick of the bowlers, Ben Stokes, three wickets, two for Jimmy, one for everyone else. Do you think it was the bowlers, as you as you mentioned there, Root complaining about them a little bit, or do you think it was the pitch or the selection? What were your thoughts? Um, 
everything, even the fielding. Um, what have we dropped? Thirty nine percent of our chances. Australia haven't dropped one, and that that, that says it all, really. We're not doing the basics right. We're not bowling in the right areas. And this not to sound like a press conference. We're not bowling in the right areas, <laughs> but we simply aren't. And we're bowling too short. There's not really much change between Stokes, um, Anderson, Broad, and Robinson. Uh, everyone was saying how Robinson was going to be this perfect thing for perfect bowler, really, for Australia. But I, I, I never really bought into that hype. I, I, I'm not convinced on Robinson. Uh, Anderson and Broad just didn't get it right and I know Anderson's taking 64 wickets in Australia now 66 or whatever it is but it just wasn't good and dropped chances even even at the wicket-keeping position it, it just isn't good enough and for Australia to rack up nearly 500 and for us to only bowl them out once it says it all we're, we're simply not good enough and um, I, I've seen a few Silverwood out things but as much as I think we need a change in the sort of the edge sort of way in where we have a big pile of sick against the West Indies, get it all out, and then we change and we become this world, the greatest England team of all time, we we seem to keep going to Australia, vomiting a, an awful performance, and then go back there. It's like you were ocean. It's weird <laughs> battered. And then come back for more and act surprised when there's the same result. Um, you make it, it sound like it's a good thing then, Dom. <laughs> yeah, just Andy. What's, what's his name? What's his name? Andy, Andy the Ho. Andy, Andy Ho, the yeah. Ho playing playing at Hobart. It's just um, Andy the Hobart is the name of the podcast. <laughs> um, yeah, we, we're just we're just so foolish in English cricket that we think. What's the, what's the Einstein phrase? stupidity is doing the same thing over and over, hoping for the different results. Mm-hmm. We're going to get the same result of a whitewash or a fornella if rain comes in. Bowling's not good enough. Leach wasn't good enough. We don't have a spinner. We don't really have any true pace. I know that's because Joffre's injured and Stone's injured and Joffre's not going to play till the summer, but mm-hmm. it's just not good enough, is it, Toby? No, it's, it was poor. I mean, then looking at our second bowling innings, I mean, pick of the bowlers, Joe Root with two for 27 and Darwin Milan with two for 33. <laughs> uh, I think Milan finally, that was his first test wicket after his, after sort of looking quite okay in his uh, first tour down in Australia. Um, and Rooty, obviously. Yeah, I, I mean... Yeah. It, Do you think yeah, that one positive... Forward? What Root and Milan bowling and batting? No, yeah. this is this is getting it's getting ridiculous now. Root has been the top wicket taker two times this year mm. in India and here. It's this shouldn't happen. I, I I love Joe Root. I love I love having that extra spinner, and I love what he's done in the T Twenty game with his spin. I like what he can do in the Test with his spin. But I do not want him as our frontline spinner, which suggests there's something wrong with the spinning. Mm. But the way he's taking wickets. In Australia, also suggest there's problems with our fast bowlers. Mm. How we cure that, Toby? I don't know. No, I just don't know. Not much to be able to uh, to done. Do you think if do you think England sort of? I mean, you look at their four fast bowlers, all right, on medium pace, within <laughs> six foot two and six foot six. I think Ollie Robinson is. Um, do you think that that's due to the lack of? Because there was so much talk about the planning beforehand. Do you think it was all then thrown under the bus the second Joffre and Stone got injured and Cast got injured for the Lions? Or do you think it was 
there was just a lack of planning. Everyone thought they would all be okay until we until we get there, and then it's all gone wrong, and they've decided to go back to the four right armors. I, I have not a clue what's going on in the ECB or in Chris Elwood's mind. Um, we've tried four arm right arm seamers before. We got battered. We've done it again. We've been battered. It's. I, I have not a clue what they're thinking. In all, in all honesty, even if Joffre did play, we'd misuse him. The reason why he's injured is because we're bowling him in long spells and injuring him. And if we had him in Australia, we'd just do the same. Woody not being there would be something different. What I've always wanted in Australia is David Willey, because at least he's left arm. When the ball isn't doing much, he's got tricks. But we, we seemingly just think, no, let's keep to the same plan, but, but more of the same plan mm. and hoping for different results. It is just incredibly stressful watching England because you get suckered into this hope of, oh, it's going to be different this year. And then Labashane's now moved to the top uh, test runs, uh, ICC ranked batsman. Uh, and it's just so frustrating. Um, we'll move on to the batting, I'm sure. But uh, you know what? I, I feel sorry for the lads who are coming on after this because we're just moaning and they've got to bring the positivity. So Archie and Josh, bring the positivity because I'm not feeling it. I really am not feeling it. All that daytime happiness from Jack Napton has just gone crashing down, <laughs> Toby. Down. Thank you. Thank you. I mean, you're welcome, mate. You're welcome. Yeah, as we say, onto the the batting, the positive bit. Uh, um, the, we'll, we'll start and talk mainly about the positive bit. Dawid Milan, yet again, another 80 in that first innings. Batted fantastically by the sounds of things. Joe Root, 60, partnered him. And that first session of the day, um, day three, I think it was, seemed to sort of almost be turning the tide a little bit with England. These two seemed put on a, a lot. They were, England were, 12 for two and then 150 for two um, before we managed to collapse again for two. We were 202 for seven, 204 for eight before a little bit of a thwack at the end by uh, Chris Wokes. Do you think Malan's really stating his name and saying, I'm going to be in this team now for, for a long time? Well, I have not a clue with the England selectors because I thought it was really good last tour. And then we dropped him within two games. So, you never know with this this side. I think Milan's been one of the the highlights of the tour so far. Um, he's been the only person to stick with Root. And one thing I have noticed when playing Australia, the tail is so important. The reason why Australia thumped us 5-0 in 2013-14 was because Haddon was there at the tail. And we just don't have that person. I know Butler batted well and Stokes can bat well with the tail but we're not doing it we, we, we're collapsing and we're sort of negating the whole point of what Root and Milan are doing Root and Milan are doing superbly and without them it would be humiliating and without them we're looking at three day test matches really they're the ones sort of propping it up and I hope Milan gets a longer stay in the test side than he did last time because we need as much runs as we can get. One thing I would like to hear, Toby, I know you're very anti though. Yes. But he's the only other person who can bat with Root. It's Root and Bairstow. Run really well together. They have the highest average partnership before Milan, I assume. I haven't seen the stats since, but Bairstow and Root had the longest partnership. Would it be worth putting Bairstow in? I know I've just talked about doing the same thing and hoping for different results. But Besto does bat well with Root and we're collapsing so quickly after Milan goes. 
would it work putting Bersto in behind Root and then we can just keep a strong, two strong partnerships that we can trust? Or is that, or is that just stupidity, Tobes? I don't really know. I think, I think doing it this early maybe seems silly because we've still, Pope's only had four innings and he, in Australia, he's still not done anything yet. I wouldn't be surprised to see Bersto in again by the end. Uh, maybe batting number five, number six, possibly taking the gloves. I don't know, depending on what they want to do with Butler. Um, so they might do that. I, I would, if I, if I think if the one thing, if Bersto does come back in, I think it does show that no matter how much planning England have said they've done, they will have done none. It would have shown uh, over the past four years. He averaged thirty-four in the last Ashes, which was fine. He got a hundred, which was good um, in Perth with Malan, but. To average 34, it was the same as James Vince, slightly above Mark Stoneman, mm. um, less than Cook, who had a horrible tour other than one big score, um, less than Root, less than Malan. So I think I think it would be okay, and I think he would score some runs of some sort and probably do better than, well, definitely do better than Pope's been doing at the moment. But I think it would be a step backwards in the long run, definitely. Um, oh, okay. Thinking in thinking in the long run, then why? Where is the next England batsman? Where are the next sort of setup? Because I know the lines are there. Yeah. Who is the next person to come in? Because we've seemingly exhausted the whole of the county circuit. Where is that young player? Why don't we give a chance to a, a young and a nineteen-year-old? Well, because that I would. For, I would have just seen that. Um, Josh Bahannon, I know, has been in. He's got a fantastic average in the first class, 44, I think. Mm. One of the few English batsmen. He's young, 24 for Lancashire. Um, one of the few English batsmen to really um, average in the 40s in first class cricket. He scored a good 50 and for the Lions. Um, well, James Bracey scored 100 for the Lions as well, but he's already had a chance for England. Do you want to go much, back to As much as I'm a Gloucester fan, yeah. and as much as I don't think Butler's wicket-keeping has been great, we can't go back to Bracey. I think... That was the first real step down in wicketkeeping for a long time in English cricket. Like thinking back at the great wicketkeepers we've had, I know Pryor wasn't the best gloveman, but he was a great batsman. Butler, okay, Butler's batting in the second innings was the first time I thought, yes, he's he's been really good mm, for a long time. But as a game-changing player, which we keep saying he is, he didn't change the game. He didn't Stokes at Headingley yet. So mm, I, yeah, I you know what I'd I'd happily put folks in, give Butler a rest, and because the series is gone, we've lost. Um, this is really pessimistic. So maybe for the fourth and fifth <coughs> test, because let's assume we're going to lose on Boxing Day. Mm. Let's say we put folks in and yeah. just give them a chance to, you know, score some runs because that is his big problem. And I, I also think Butler looks pretty tired. I mean, yeah, he's, yeah, he's done a hell of a lot for England. Yeah. Talking about that, then, Dom, what would your team be for the um, for the next Test match? Um, MCG, MCG notoriously flat the last few years. Well, what do I think it's going to be, or what do I think it should be? Bit of both. Tell me, tell me both. Okay, I think Hamid and Burns. You've got to keep them. I I know we've had the most amount of opening partnership ducks in a calendar year. <laughs> um, that that's incredible, England. But I think they've both shown individual periods of solidness. I'm always impressed with Hamid. 
even if he does look like um, he looks quite young, I always think he always looks like a schoolboy's come on the pitch. So I'm always more impressed with his performances. Um, Mid Lauder can pretty much stay the same. There's no point in changing it because what else? That's the problem. That is the real problem with English cricket. It's not like there's loads of other answers out there. Mm. We're stuck in this pretty rubbish mess. Yeah. Stable future. And I, I'm, I've been talking to this with my dad because there's no other cricket fans out here. Um, what do you think about Root stepping down as England captain? Because four series on the bounce, losing. Um, yes, just the three best teams in the world, but an England captain hasn't done that for a long time. Um, I, I just can't see it ending. And I think Root needs a break. His haggard beard is describing him haggard. He he could be so much better without the captaincy, I think. And Yeah. He, uh, but then who do we put as captain? It's one of those where the, the, we need a change, but there's no one there to make that change. Yeah. Do you guess the uh, the sort of two most likely options would be Stokes and Butler? Ugh. It's Stokes makes probably the most sense in terms of he's going to be in the team definitely. Yeah, but Butler, I feel like could be that captain, where not necessarily a sacrificial captain, but you realise he is a fantastic cricket mind, yeah. will come up with some plans and have ideas, and really could could be brilliant, but possibly at the detriment to his white ball and also at, probably at the detriment to his red ball as well. You kind of have to tell him, look, we know you're not solid in this team but we're going to make you that you're going to be in this team for a while we're accepting it we don't mind if you don't score hundreds and hundreds of runs but you're going to be leading this team and we want everyone to follow you and that would be the option with him or Stokes I guess thinking of the sacrificial captain Mm. my mum suggested this and I think it's a really good idea Owen Morgan just not 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 for long term yeah but give Root a break even just for a year just an English summer put Morgan in and just let him captain, let him yeah. be the mind behind it. And similar to, oh, who's the captain? In Mike Brealey, you thinking? Brealey. Yeah. Similar to Brealey. Not perfect for test cricket, but just one of the great cricket minds and great yeah. sporting leaders. What that could do for Root mentally, I think, mm. would be fantastic. I, I think Stokes is the only one who gets in every time we play a game. Yeah. So, But then also with Flintoff and both of them, we know all-rounders as captains don't work. Yeah. So, uh, I Stokes it, it, could, I feel like, though. He is turning less and less into an all-rounder. Yeah. And more into just a batsman who will bowl you the overs when you really need him to. The one thing with Morgan I will add as well is I don't think he'd accept it. I think yeah. he would He would say, no, I'm fine with the white ball team. Mm. Oh, Toby, i got to go, but yes. it's been a delight being back on Sticky Wickets. Um, I, as you can see... Where my Irish yes. cricket shop today because I'm seeing the first ICC game in America. Uh, that will be on a way days podcast. You'll probably this will probably go out next day or so. So mm-hmm. I will have already been there. So this is in the past. This is the ghost of cricketing past in cricket Carol terms. Uh, but yeah, What's I'm really excited for that prediction. Who do you think is going to win? Oh, the US? Uh, no, America. Uh, not what I'm saying. Uh, Ireland are going to win. Ireland, Ireland, Ireland are going to win. Okay. Yeah. Who's going to um, score the runs? Top run scorer, top wicket taker. Who's going to be the best players? Singh, I think, for Ireland's always good if he plays. I don't know what American pitchers are like, so I'm not sure what they're thinking. Yeah. But I think Paul Sterling, if he's in the squad or if he's in playing, will get some runs. But um, yeah, I'm really looking forward to it. And Toby, 
Perfect. So happy you're out of isolation. This will probably be the last podcast before Christmas. Yes. Happy Christmas. Happy Christmas, mate. Uh, we're so, I, I want to put this in quickly. Thank you to everyone who listens, whether you're family, friends, family, friends, we or just students. We really do appreciate it. So from me and Toby, happy Christmas. Thank you for listening and a massive go well. Cheers. This, this is URN. Hello and welcome back to Sticky Wicket. After that short little um, intro opinion from Dom, I'm joined by Archie now. And uh, hopefully Josh will be joining us a bit later, depending on traffic um, and his sort of trip home. Archie, how are you, mate? Yeah, I'm good, uh, Toby. Thanks. Yeah, um, so we've obviously got a lot to discuss about Sticky Wicket and... So on Sticky Wicket about the the second Ashes Test and the, and the first as well for you as you weren't on last week's show. How uh, how have you found the first two Ashes Tests to uh, to watch? Well, yeah, they've been difficult watching uh, really, uh, just because England haven't uh, sort of put the performances out that um, we we thought they they might be able to bring, um, which is a real shame because they had a lot of uh, promise coming into um, coming into the series with with a, with a, with an okay summer against India, uh, which showed that they could put in the performances and it just came to perhaps the fifth day uh, where they let it slide. And, and uh, but, but here in, in the first two tests, it's, it's almost been from the outset, um, they, haven't, they haven't been able to put in the performances and certainly haven't been able to, to, to score the runs really, um, to put themselves in any sort of uh, position to, to go and, and win, win the test match. Yeah, you mentioned the runs there. Only really Malan and Root really man- managing to score any sort of meaningful runs. How how do you think the the rest of the sort of top seven or eight have managed to do? Do you think there's going to be changes needing to be made, or do you think Malan and Root should have pushed on further? What what are your thoughts on that? Um, you you talk about changes. They they could potentially bring in some changes, and I don't think there'd be any problem um, doing both. Uh, uh, both alternatives of, of either leaving um, the two batsmen that I think would be would be in in trouble would be Burns and Pope, um, just because I think they both average something on under fifteen at least um, in the four innings that we've had, and they just don't look like they can uh, play these Australian bowlers and within the Australian conditions. Um, but then you you say right, so who comes in for Burns or Pope, and it's two very um, inexperienced in, in over the last um, couple of years uh, you, you, who haven't actually played any red ball uh, or, or much red ball in, in Australia so Zach Crawley for instance or or Dan Lawrence or maybe Johnny Bairstow comes in um, he could he could be a potential but um, as a batting as a whole um, it looked a lot more promising um, on the last day um, of the second test Especially Butler, I'm glad that he was able to find some form, just because he, I think he, he dropped a bit of confidence after those uh, t- mistakes with the gloves. Um, but from the engine room, there has there's been virtually nothing. Um, I don't know whether you think that there's potential for for someone like um, Hamid to push runs. I, don't, I haven't just haven't really seen much spark there. Yeah, it's been been tough. I'm just looking at the averages now. Malan averaging 47 and uh, Joe Root averaging 43. Um, other than that, Chris Wokes is our third highest average with 26 and Stuart Broad our fifth highest with 18 just from his his two innings in that one game. 
but it looks a worrying sight, um, sorry, sight to see with Burns averaging 12.75, Pope averaging 12, Hamid 14, Stoke 16. There's not really much much happiness. And then you look at, yeah, look at bowling. Malan topping our bowling averages at the moment, uh, 16 and a half with his uh, two wickets in that first, uh, first, well, not that first game, sorry, the second game at Adelaide, um, where he managed to take a couple. I would, I think I'd probably end up sticking with a similar batting lineup for this next coming game. Um, I think Burns maybe for Crawley, but he actually managed to score a couple runs finally in that fourth, uh, the fourth innings, 30, 30 runs to open the open up. Um, I think I think I'd stay with the same top seven and, and shuffle some bowlers around a little bit. What um, what about you, Archie? Would you change a couple batsmen here and there, or? Well, yeah, I think um, Burns is a tricky one because, as you say, he he finally was able to score some runs um, mm. at Adelaide, but it's his technique that leaves him very vulnerable to all of the bowlers and especially Mitchell Stark. Uh, we don't really want to talk about the first ball of the Ashes yeah. um, where he, he bowled him for a golden duck. And and so because he because he has the uh, very unorthodox technique, it does leave him, um, yeah, as I say, vulnerable. And, and Crawley's got much more um, orthodox technique. And the only problem with him is we've found is he, he likes to wave the bat outside off quite a bit. Um, and then he gets caught behind. But if he's able to sort of tone that back, I think he he could be a, a much better fit at the top of the order. Mm-hmm. I was just really annoyed or, or disappointed, really, because um, obviously we saw at the start of the India series in the summer, Sibley opened the bowling, uh, opened the batting, and and he 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 was uh, sort of cast aside quite quickly because of his technique. And then um, Burns and Mamid had two 100 partnerships in, in the mm. two tests that they played together. And so it did bring some um, optimism. And there just there hasn't been. They've, they've um, either got very good balls or really have got themselves out playing at balls that they don't need to. Um, so I think I would, I would possibly change Burns out just to see if, if Crawley can, and can add some cement um, at, the, at the top of the order. Yeah, I think, I think no one can really argue with Burns being removed at the moment after that the first few games. I think you mentioned there the the ability to leave is is really key. Watching, I think it was Labuschagne and Smith batting at the end of the second day or, or maybe third day it might have been um, when England were struggling to get them out. They were just bowling to the top of off at just outside off that sort of nagging line, and Labuschagne and Smith were just happy to leave everything. And the second they strayed slightly too late, they'll just, just get a bat on it, block it, middle of the bat, maybe even turn it away for a single or two. Um, whereas most English wickets seem to have been, I think Hamid in particular, I think in that first test, both his wickets were him sort of pressing forwards, similar to Root really, and just catching, a, catching an egg. Both really good balls, um, just angled in, nipping away, I think sort of making him feel like he had to play. But he didn't, obviously you can leave on length a lot more in Australia, which... We seem to be struggling with the concept a lot more, and sort of getting balls that pop up and and in this last test match, um, uh, I can't remember who it was actually. Um, who managed? I think it was Richardson managed to get one that just popped off a length in that final innings and just hit the glove and um, tickled through to Carey. So I think England really do need to sort of start looking at Smith and Labuschagne and trying to um, 
trying to um, sort of leave on length a lot more. Well, and yeah, then on yeah. To, oh yeah, go ahead, Archie. I was just going to say, I completely agree because a lot of our wickets or, or the ways we've got out have actually been um, from being caught behind. There's very, there's very few um, times where you get caught in the outfield and, and there have been some instances where been bold but a lot of the time the defense has been has been solid it's just defending or playing outside that we don't need to and you get caught behind and, and with Australia taking their catches it just completely shifts the game um, within a couple of overs if if there's two or three wickets that go down yeah there's I think yeah that's completely true England have really struggled to take their catches and, and make it worth their while really the um the Aussies have I don't know if they've even dropped a catch yet, maybe one or two, but pretty much just snapping up absolutely everything, which which isn't great. I mean, yeah, Alex Carey has 10 catches so far in uh, in this um, series, which is fantastic when you think about it. I don't, know, I don't think he's dropped. No, there was one that flew between him and Warner, but other than that, he's looked fantastic behind the stumps. Um, and then on to the bowling a little bit, Archie. Jack Leach playing in the first test match got sort of, sort of torn a new one, I guess is the technical term, yeah. <laughs> by uh, Travis Head and the uh, the other Aussie batsman, and then left out of the second test. How do you see his sort of Ashes tour continuing, and and what did he make of the first first test? Uh, yeah, he wasn't he wasn't really uh, used effectively uh, by Joe Root because when Root came on himself, he managed to uh, to make a difference. So I, I think. That could have been poor captaincy there, but also he has too many loose balls. Um, now you see Nathan Lyon come on, and uh, pretty much every over he bowls six balls that, that are within within a, a space of where he wants to land the ball and, and gets the right turn. So if if he can't, if Leach can't really sort of um, sort out his uh, his line and length and make sure that each ball is is on 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 a pin then there's not there's not not much you can do picking him because he's he's just going to leak you runs and the australian batsmen are very quick to to click from defending and then going towards attacking because in because they know that they need they need those balls those stray balls to take advantage of so um i think england will definitely change it up again um as we saw coming into adelaide but whether that includes jack leach i'm i'm not too sure yeah, and I guess the other option is their their seamers. For the first, not the first time, but for definitely not the first time in Australia, they've um, they went with four right arm medium fast bowlers, all between six foot two and six foot six. Back yeah. where it all started, do you think this was just due to the injuries of Jofra and Stone, and Stone, or was it planning with Broad not playing in the first test, for example? Um, what do you think? What did you make of their sort of? five-man, four-man, five-man attack? Well, I think it's it's interesting. I definitely think if if uh, if Archer was fit, he possibly would have played because he does have the pace, of course, but he's also able to to move the ball slightly, uh, which is more than, than, say, Wood can do. Mm-hmm. Um, but I also thought um, the selection was that because this is was the, uh, was the orange, uh, sorry, the pink ball uh, test match that they thought, right, we're, we're going to try and get um, seamers that can swing the ball um, in both Broad and Anderson and then also Robinson and potentially Wokes, um, but it just didn't, didn't really work. They, especially losing the toss and having to bowl, you think, right, let's try and get two or three wickets before lunch and potentially get them out before the end of the day. And, and it just 
just didn't happen. He got two wickets on that first day um, and 200 and something runs um, to, to the good of Australia. Mm, yeah, it ends very, very badly. England have only managed to actually take 10 wickets once in the four innings so far, which yeah. doesn't seem to bode especially well. A couple of nine wickets, but I think both mainly due to the Aussies getting 400 or whatever and declaring and so yeah, that's, that should be enough. Which yeah. Exactly, yeah, they don't need yeah, any more. But yeah, and then what what are you thinking for the selection of the sort of the bowling attack for the next match? Um, well, it, it, it's a it's a tricky one because you also have to balance the batting. I think when you when you say that Wokes um, has the third highest average, you think well then perhaps we have to play him to yeah. to, to help the batting because at the moment the batting is is in in a worse shape than the bowling. Um, and also I think. I just like to say that, that Robinson is is probably been the best of the English bowlers. He's he's looked absolutely fine in Australian conditions. Um, and very unlucky not to get um, a wicket due to no balls and and drop catches and whatever. Um, but it's 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 always a trouble that we come to Australia and we think for the past ten or so years, Broad and Anderson will we'll play them every game because they'll get wickets, but they just. Mm. They don't seem to in Australia. I don't know what the difference is. Um, so potentially bring Wood back in to, to add a, a bit of diversity um, in that he can uh, have the pace. Um, and obviously you still got Stokes there, who who I think was the uh, was the pace who was working with the pace um, in in Adelaide. Um, and then you could play you could play Leach, but then that leaves out both Broad and Anderson again. Which, yeah. Well, lots of fans think that's not a not a great idea. I think the selection are now coming to the thought that it actually doesn't matter because they're they're both um, not not coming to a decline, but there are other bowlers that are as good, especially in Australian conditions. So they're not necessities as you would in England. So I think perhaps playing one or two, but definitely getting uh, changing up and and perhaps getting Wood back in yeah. a bit more pace. I think Wood's a good shout. I would be surprised as well if they don't play um, a spinner of some sort in the next test match. MCG known to be sort of notoriously flat and, and actually the SCG probably more likely to play a spinner where it's it's been known to turn a little bit, but you'd think they might want someone who can try at least try and hold up an end um, rather than having to use David Milan to, to block yeah. up the Aussies, which I don't think could go very well on a flat track. I think you're right with Wokes. I'd be surprised if he uh, misses out, mainly due to his batting and his bowling. But bowling average of 76 and Leach bowling average over 100 is tough. I know. Yeah. Um, where and I think I assume Broad and Anderson might play one of the next two matches each, and yeah. then whoever's play, played better likely will play in the last. I assume Jimmy. I wouldn't be surprised if Robinson misses out. When one of these test matches, maybe the next one, if Leach is going to play in at the SCG, um, they might give him a bit of a rest just to make sure we can make it through the whole series. Would I like yeah. the look of as well? I think you're you're right there, bringing back in. Would you not um, look to um, bring perhaps a Bess in for Leach if if Leach isn't um, looking on top form? I know Bess has been very uh, well up and down mm. um, over the, the, the various. Uh, series we've had in the last two years, but he he's he's still a, a, di- a completely different because he's right arm. Yeah, it's it's an interesting one. The Aussies have a sort of a good amount of lefties in their in their team. I mean, Stark batting at 
eight, I want to say, is a lefty. You've got Heads, Carey, um, and then Warner and Harris, both openers. Um, I'm not sure how well I'd trust, how much I'd trust best to do well. He yeah. took a fourth for the Lions, and he bowls with a lot of overspin, which, as as Nathan, Nathan Lyon does, and it, uh, it significantly ups his chances, you think, of getting wicket on, on bouncy surfaces. However, I don't think he's got the um, the ability to keep a tight enough night line length light reach a little bit. Um, so I don't know. I think it would really show that they do not trust Leach at all if if Best gets a call up. I'd say, mm. and I think that that would would and ha- would have to be the end of Leach's probably England career, at least under the captaincy of Ruth and Silver and Silverwood as coach. Yes, exactly. um, would, you, would you think about bringing him in Archie or? Uh, well, yeah, the only reason is because of um, the various left-handers that mm. Australia do have. But as you say, he's he's um, not not in not possibly at the the height of his um, skill in terms of uh, spinning and whatever. Because you you compare him to Nathan Lyon, who is um, a far better spinner at the moment, um, and he just he gets so much turn. Um, in the pictures, especially in in the final two days, um, and Leach and, and Besser are nowhere near that level. So he's a possibility, um, but Leach is possible is probably um, on track to be the spinner of choice. I think, yeah, yeah, I think you're right there. And I mentioned a little bit there that if Leach does get dropped, he or so Bess gets brought in, Leach dropped, then it looks likely could be the end of his time under the mm-hmm. captaincy of Root. What do you think about? Roots captaincy so far in the series. Would you look to maybe shift on to Stokes or Butler, or do you think Root will is the man to continue both in this series and in the future for England? Well, yeah, no, that's an interesting one. He has made a couple of decisions that have raised the eyebrows of, of some um, commentators, uh, and and especially at the, at the toss on on the first day. But I think I don't think there's much you could do about that because also Cummins was going to do the exact same. So. Mm-hmm. You could say, well, that, that was a mistake, um, or it was just poor batting from England. But but past past the series, um, if it's a five nil, then it's a, it's another. Um, it means it's three ashes that he hasn't won um, in a row, and and it really doesn't that doesn't show very well. But the alternatives are probably Stokes or Butler, um, and I don't really I don't Butler wouldn't be a bad choice. Um, it's just he's he's. Um, not always in the best test form, yeah. um, and sometimes he's in he's at the at the stage where you you possibly wouldn't pick him. So him being captain um, may not may not sit well with with uh, with the selection. Mm. And then Stokes, I'd prefer just to leave as as Stokes <coughs> doing both batting and bowling. Um, and then so you don't you don't really have many alternatives. It, but you you look to Ollie mm-hmm. Pope potentially, but again. He needs to start forming to, to be able to be a nailed on, uh, nailed on place in the team. So so at the moment you you probably stick with the route purely because he's he's the only person there, mm-hmm. um, unless you look for a bowler like Australia have. But yeah. I don't again I don't see that really working too yeah. well. Um, the only the only thing is Root is getting on, isn't he? He's uh what is yeah. he, 30, 31 or two I think. Uh, Something yeah, like something like Root. Joe Root is 30, 30, but he turns 31 on December 30th. Okay, so yeah, so near, nearing 31. Um, so he potentially 
could make the next Ashes in Australia in four years, but yeah. it, it, it could be unlikely. So you have got to start um, getting in the young, getting in Pope, getting in potentially Lawrence um, or, or those at the top of the orders, Crawleys uh, and, and, and Hamid perhaps to get the next next captain because it was there was always a, a good run of, of Strauss then you pick Cook then you get Root and now there's, there's no one there that's, a, that's a, a nailed on successor yeah no it, it seems tough to to choose I assume Stokes is probably who they'd look look at if Root yeah. were to step down um, and I feel like Stokes would be the kind of guy that the team would follow I don't know how long necessarily he would last but he'd definitely be a good sort of middleman perhaps if if they were just looking for a short-term captain before they moved on to on to someone else maybe someone like a pope or a crawley they'll be interesting to see what happen what does happen after this uh, test series and then uh, mcg next test match boxing day test match normally the fourth test of the series so normally england are, are well out of it by now um but luck- luckily we have another test this, this is our, our last chance test, really. You have to win this one and the next three or next two after it to, to have any chance of winning and retaining the Ashes. Do you think it will be any different to the other two games or well, just more of the same? Well, we I think it's possibly the most probable answer is more of the same. Though I'd like to say that um, we might be able to pick up some form um, just purely having a rest and... and sort of um, resetting um, as such and, and perhaps enjoying perhaps uh, a bit over Christ, over the actual Christmas day um, but obviously preparing for the for the game and and just going out and and feeling like it's not the last chance because because then there'll be piles and piles of pressure on on especially those that aren't quite in form and if they just go out and play as naturally as possible then um, potentially You've got you've got a decent start. I, I I don't know, depending on uh, especially the conditions, but the toss might make a, a big a big difference. Um, depending on whether he wins or loses, because if he if the conditions are right to bat, he there might be a, a little doubt that he goes. Do I want to put um Burn to Mead um in straight away, yeah. and and you see one of them walking back to the pavilion by past eleven or whatever. Yeah, which which may not be brilliant. No, exactly. It's it could be an interesting game to see and an interesting interesting series as well. And we'll we'll have more podcasts over the last over the next couple of weeks um, following the rest of the Ashes and the rest of our inevitable demise um, if we're following what happened in the first two games. But Archie, thank you so much for uh, joining me on Sticky Wicket. It was a shame Josh couldn't be here, but you uh, you doubled up and, and did fantastic. Thank you. Yes, thank you, Toby. Um, and thank you guys for listening. Um, just a reminder to follow us on Instagram and TikTok at StickyWicket underscore URN or Twitter is URN StickyWicket. Um, and thank you guys for listening and go well.